Hey there from the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois. This is Dive Deep. We dive deep into our Catholic faith. I am Andrew Hansen. She is Amber Servany, a very special guest on the phone today, Gary Zimak. Gary, how are you? I am well, Andrew. I'm, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we can't wait to hear uh, what you're about to say because this topic that we're going to talk about in fear and faith, anxiety, this is something you're on the forefront on. Obviously, our society, our culture right now, a lot of that going on. But just a little bit about Gary. He's a, he's a familiar presence on Catholic radio, TV, parishes, conferences all around the U.S. He's a dynamic Catholic evangelist, a best-selling author, which we're going to talk to him about. He's written a lot of books on those topics. Uh, one of the top Catholic speakers on the new evangelization movement. And he's also recognized as the leading Catholic speaker on overcoming anxiety. And he's led thousands of people closer to Jesus Christ through his talks and retreats. And as I said, Gary, boy, having you on right now, well, let's be honest, this is why we're having you on right now, because our world right now, amongst COVID, uh, amongst you know the, the uprisings you see across cities, amongst uh, faithlessness and godlessness and people falling yeah. away from the faith, uh, you watch the news, boy, it sounds like Armageddon is coming every single time you turn on the news. The news I guess my first question is, what do you make of all this right now? You know, Andrew, I'll tell you one thing. My work is getting a lot of attention right now, so so that's kind of kind of a good thing. Um, you know what I you know what I make of it? I make of it the fact that God is still in control, and I think that's the one thing we need to remember. That I think He's reminding us of the fact that we are not in control. He's trying to get our attention. Um, hopefully, we're getting the message. But really, in a sense. Nothing has changed. We never had control. We had the control that God gives us, and he's in charge. You know, but I think many of us uh, got into, got got lulled into that complacency of thinking that, well, I'm in charge of my life. I can do whatever I want. Now we're realizing that that's not the case, nor was it ever the case. But, you know, I have to be honest, it really hit me when all of a sudden the church was closed, and I couldn't go to Mass anymore. I used to go to daily mass thinking that it's up to me. If I want to go, I can go. The church will always be open. All of a sudden, the church is closed. And, and that really shocked me. And, Andrew, it made me realize that I was a little ungrateful. Mm. I was I was taking for granted the sacraments. You know, so it's a learning process. God's going to bring good out of this. He is bringing good out of this. The trick is to keep focused on him more so than on the craziness that, that's going on around us. Yeah, Gary, that's a that's a great tip. That's one thing that we talk about a lot here is that it's uh, difficult to just say, you know, don't be afraid, right? Be not afraid. We know right. it's in scripture many times, but you sure. actually offer um, five really good steps um, to kind of get through this fear. And, and could you take us through those? Because I think they're just really valuable for for us in this time in particular. Sure, sure, Amber. I, I, I'd be glad to. The, these steps, the, I call them the five P's of peace. They grew out of a book that I wrote several years ago called From Fear to Faith. And they're very simple steps. I like simple. You know, I like to keep it simple. I like a, a process, right? Steps mm-hmm. to follow. So the five P's of peace, just briefly, the first P of peace is prepare. Prepare for something that might go wrong. In other words, if there's anything you can do about your problem, do it. God wants you to do it. You know, a lot of times we think that uh, it, it all depends on him. Well, no, sometimes he gives us common sense. He gives us the ability to do things. If we see a potential negative outcome coming down the road, maybe we're worried about uh, unemployment. Well, 
we could do something by looking for a new job or updating our resume. So prepare, do what you can. The second P of peace is present, live in the present moment. But that's, that's easier said than done, but that's something we can work on. And Jesus told us, don't worry about tomorrow. I mean, he literally said that in the Sermon on the Mount, do not worry about tomorrow. How do we do that? We keep focused on the present moment. When we begin to worry about what might happen, we start to play the what if game, then we have to reel our thoughts back to the present moment, realizing that God is in the present moment. You know, we're not guaranteed tomorrow and yesterday is gone. So all we have is the present moment. The third P of peace, it's a very obvious one, pray. A lot of times we, we tend to panic before we pray. We, we need to ask the Lord to help us. He wants us to ask for help every day. Lord, please help me get through the day. Please help me know what to do. The fourth P of peace is participate. Participate in what the church offers, the sacraments. We can't neglect the sacraments. We can't neglect the Bible, which even a lot of Catholics don't realize the Bible was compiled by the Catholic Church. <laughs> the sacramentals, you know, church gives us a lot of of, of resources that will ultimately give us grace, which will give us the peace that we, we seek. And the, and the fifth P of peace, this is, uh, this is um, I, I find this easier as I get older. It's to, um, it's, I call it the prize. Keep your eye on the prize. The ultimate prize, the ultimate source, or the ultimate goal, I should say, of our life is heaven. You know, we were created to live with God forever in heaven. We just got to make it through this world, which can be difficult at times. But when you're having a real bad day, sometimes it's just good to focus on the fact that there are no money problems in heaven. There's no illness there, you know, no COVID-19 in heaven. Uh, and, 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 you know, sometimes it's good to just think about that, to just think like one day I can live with the Lord forever in heaven. So there's simple steps. And uh, in the and from fear to faith, I, I do a chapter on each one. But essentially, that's it. Those basic steps can can bring us the peace that that we seek. And I think that those steps are really helpful to to hear, Gary. But it's it's a refreshing take. No COVID in heaven. I don't know if the media would right? agree. I don't know if the media would agree <laughs> with you, but that that's another topic. Um, yeah, man. Now, now, of course, maybe our, our listeners who are who are faithful are saying, Gary, I got all that. I got the faith, but. My child doesn't, and my child is constantly yeah. worrying and anxiety. My child has fallen away from the faith. What advice do you have for those parents and grandparents who maybe want to, um, you know, obviously they want to bring, they want their child to return to the faith, but maybe at least immediately they want them to try to stop worrying. But how, how, do, right. how, do, how do they go through that process when faith isn't even a part of their lives anymore? Yeah, exactly. I think the best thing is to live it, to, to, to set a good example, to show them and without lecturing, without preaching, uh, you know, uh, that you live in it, that you live it, that you believe it, that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you trust him. Um, you know, sometimes you might not feel it, but you can you can put a put on a happy face and really try to illustrate to them that uh, that your relationship with Christ means something to you and you get your peace from him. You can offer to pray for them. Uh, you, you know, to be honest with you, I have a few family members. My daughter struggled with anxiety at one time. My wife is struggling right now, and her faith is strong. So it, this is an ongoing process. I am somebody who, from an early age, had a battle with anxiety. I'm, I'm an anxious person by nature, but the Lord has really blessed me. He's helping me to live at peace. That's why I, I think I have a lot of credibility when I go out and speak because I, I let people know I get it. I know what it's like. 
the panic attacks, the digestive problems. I've had them all. I know it. Um, but I think the example speaks louder than words. And, and I think your kids, your family members, your spouse, they pick up on this. And they start to they start to question, why is he so peaceful? How can he be peaceful? They might even get a little mad at times, you know, <laughs> because people expect you to freak out. But right. But eventually they they start to think like, I, I want this. I want some of that. And uh, you know, that's really what did it for me, watching people who seem to know Jesus and to be peaceful. Eventually I started to think, I want that. You know, and that's what really led to my conversion and really getting to know the Lord. And uh, there's no looking back now. <laughs> um, yeah, Gary, one thing that you kind of pointed, you kind of just touched on it, was this idea of, of fear versus worry, actually. And I will say, yeah. I'm definitely a self-proclaimed worrier. And I come from a long line of worriers. My mother, my mm-hmm. grandmother, these are, they're gigantic yeah. worriers. Um, yeah. And then you, but you kind of pointed out, um, and I think it was in that same book, maybe, um, that fear is the emotion and worry is actually where we go wrong. Um, right. And this idea of not fearing fear, right. uh, because it just, right. it, it is right. You, our fear is real. Um, it's, yes. the, it's the emotion, but the worry, our time that we take to um, go into the past or even into the future and those kind of things is where we um, let our faith slip a little bit. Exactly, exactly. And that, that quote, we must not fear fear, that's from St. Francis de Sales. And I, I think that's a really comforting message because sometimes people will think well i'm afraid therefore it means my faith is weak no it means you're afraid it's a it's an emotion emotions the church teaches they're morally neutral they're not right they're not wrong fear is given to us it's a gift from god to help us recognize when there's a danger in our midst and what what where we go wrong is when that fear leads us to worry instead of to prayer or to take action see that's the that's the difference. Worry, even though it doesn't feel like it, it's a conscious decision because when I'm afraid, I can say a prayer. I can sit down and pray a rosary. I can pray a novena. I can just talk to the Lord, but I still might be afraid, Amber. I still might experience that queasiness in my stomach, but that's okay. I've found that over time that begins to fade. The more you trust the Lord, the more you hang out with him, the more you see him come through for you, the less fear you have. And the more you trust him. But if you're praying, even though you're still feeling the butterflies in your stomach, that's fine. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You can't make yourself not be afraid, but you can make yourself not worry by turning to the Lord in prayer. And Gary, when it comes to to stress and anxiety, so many people are feeling that. And obviously today's world only adds fuel to the fire. But what is one thing that in, in your research and your talks, what are people doing wrong, if I use that phrase, that is mm-hmm. leading them to so much anxiety and, and stress? I think one thing that many people are doing wrong, and I've, I've fallen victim to this too, is watching too much news you know, on the internet, on TV and radio, and listening to the self-proclaimed experts tell us what is going to happen in the future. I mean, if, if we look back over the past several months of this COVID pandemic, we realize a lot of the predictions didn't come true. A lot of the experts got it wrong. Look, we don't know what's going to happen with this. We can only take it day by day here. You know, we got, we have to stay connected. I believe in watching the news every now and then, you know, I glance at the news once or twice a day, but if we fixate on it, if we just focus all of our attention on this bad news, we're going to really get depressed because 
the networks, no matter who you watch, you know, it, they all have their biased point of view. You know, I, I have yet to find, I, I struggle to find an accurate source of news that's not in some way biased. Um, it, but it seems they like to feed, many of them like to feed on our fears. And, and that's not good. That's not what the Lord wants. It's like Peter when he tried to walk on the water. He succeeded, but once he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. And I think that's what we need to remember. He focused more on the waves than on Christ. We need to focus on Christ if we expect to find that peace. We can do that. We can do that by reading the Bible, look at the daily mass readings each day, by praying, by you know going to adoration if we can, by receiving the sacraments, instead of feeding in to the the uh, the negativity that we hear every day through the media. Yeah, it's kind of like a muscle, I feel like, when you describe that. The more we do it, like, in little ways, we yeah. um, go to turn to Scripture and go to prayer. I mean, we know the mm-hmm. storm is coming. It's going to happen, right? So if right, we right. begin to develop those types of things, when the big storm comes, we're prepared because we've developed those exactly. muscles, so to speak. Yeah, I like e- that. Exactly. Exactly. And I have to say, I never read the Bible. I'm a cradle Catholic. I went to Mass faithfully every week, but I was there in in body only. I wasn't there in spirit, Um, and it took a pretty big conversion experience uh, involving a health crisis, of all things, uh, to really get me to know Jesus personally. And what a difference he's made in my life. He really has. You know, Gary, looking over your books, one one of the titles really popped my attention: "Let Go of Anger and Stress." And I know we've we've, in this discussion we've talked a lot about stress, but so many people are angry. And gosh, mm. I see it, you know, in the political realm. Oh my gosh, you know, fr- yeah. friends are no longer friends based off of political views. And just, you know, in general, as you, you walk around in society and, you know, the lack of manners and holding doors, it's just people seem to sure. be angry. What, what's the right. big takeaway from, from that book and what you've written in terms of that, that issue? I'm so glad you, you asked me because that's my, my, my most recent book. That book is about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And I've always wanted to write a book about the Holy Spirit. Um, the, the point is, we even when we try to lead a good life and we try to follow Christ, oftentimes we try to do it on our own through willpower. And, and that's not going to work. I, I, there's only going to be a certain amount of, of anger that I can suppress and a fear that I can suppress without the help of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit. This becomes so much easier, living a life filled with peace and free from anger. If we let the Holy Spirit work in us, it's as simple as three words, come Holy Spirit. I pray it often. And this is, we have the very own spirit of Jesus. We have his spirit, the Holy Spirit in us. And when we let the Holy Spirit work in us, gradually the Holy Spirit's job is to transform us into Christ so that we're going to start to exhibit the fruits. And and just let me rattle off the list. This is so incredible. These fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, and peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's Jesus, right? Those are words you certainly don't hear in today's society. (laughs) Exactly. But that's the way, right? right? But if the Holy Spirit is fully working in us, we're going to start to exhibit those fruits. That's amazing. I mean, I look at that list and I say, "Uh uh-oh. I got work to do, but, but it's a process, you know, and gradually we can start to display those same fruits that were displayed by Christ in his life. Maybe it's how you said those words. It's just you rattling off those words sounded so refreshing to me, almost like, man, I needed to just hear yeah. those words. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah. And, and in the book, I focus one chapter on each of those fruits because I've read books about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but I like to look at the end result. I want to see, you know, I found very, I just about no books 
on the fruits of the spirit. This is what my life can look like if I let the Holy Spirit work in me. So that's, yeah, they sound good to me when I rattled them off. I'm glad I didn't forget any, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, the Holy Spirit was working through you there to remind there you. There you go. <laughs> now, something you brought up earlier in this podcast about, you know, the, the whole worry about tomorrow and, and you know, Jesus yeah. obviously spoke about, you know, live in the present. Um, mm-hmm. This is something I really struggle with. Um, as a parent, I'll admit, you know, I'm always worried about our finances and, you know, we'll be, we'll, you you, got to save for college. You got to do this. And, and, and it's really hard for me to live in the present because of the realities of our world. So what's your advice for someone like me? Because I, I I mean, I I take obviously Jesus at his words, but you also have to be practical. You you should save for college. You should, you you should be thinking about tomorrow in some aspects. What what, what is that balance? And because I don't want to overthink it, but I don't want to underthink it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's a great question. And if you notice, Jesus didn't say, don't prepare for tomorrow. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Mm. So playing the what if game, you know, what if my health never recovers? What if I lose my job tomorrow? Well, there, there's a certain type of worrying about the future that we, we want to banish from our lives. But on the other hand, saving for college, that's a good thing. Prepare and take going to get a checkup to make sure your health is, is uh, you're in good shape health wise. Another good thing. If there's something you can do today about a potential problem that might, might arise tomorrow, then I would say do it. And that's what the Lord would want us to do. But when we just start to conjure up these things, you know, what if COVID never goes away? What if the world is ending? Well, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we can. And listen, I'm an expert when it comes to these what ifs <laughs> scenarios, because it's funny. I worked for 30 years before I went into full time ministry in the software industry, and I was a, a software developer. So one of my jobs was to anticipate anything that could go wrong with the computer program. So you can imagine how it works when I apply that to life. I start to, you know, picture these worst case scenarios. That's brutal when you're trying to live a life of a, as a disciple. So if you can do something about a potential problem tomorrow, do it today. But don't anticipate problems just worrying that God will not be there for you because he will be there for you. So it's, it's really a combination of faith and mindset is the way I, as the way I'm kind yeah. of reading it. It's, you know, mm-hmm. the whole, the whole worry thing, you, 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 need, you need to put your faith in God. That's right. obviously a big chunk of it, but you got it. You got to do something on your side too. You got to just change your mindset. And, and I wanted to ask you about your book, give up worry for Lent to transition yeah. kind of into that. Um, is that something you, you did? Um, and, and then you wrote a book on it or, or tell us about the, the aspects of that book and how, and, and if you went through the process of giving up worry for Lent, how that transformed you. You know, that book was such a blessing. That book was, uh, that book has sold out for the last two years during the Lenten season. It's been my most successful book so far. And it's for some reason that is really resonating with people. Yeah. I, over the years I, I did, I don't know if I ever specifically made the decision to give up worry for Lent, I made that decision a long time prior to writing that book, but that book is a step-by-step daily devotional helping people to just do something productive for Len, you know, by giving up worry and turning closer to the Lord. I just cannot believe the success of that book. That book has just really touched so many people because people are looking for something constructive to do for Len. And, you know, what better thing to do than give up worry and move closer to, to the Lord and trust him more. And your other book, From from Fear to Faith, 
such an important aspect, of course, right now. And it's yeah. kind of my question is kind of along the lines of, of what I asked you earlier. Um, if someone doesn't have faith or is what's the, maybe well, they're struggling with their faith. How can someone and, and let's okay? Let's say they, they don't have the example. You know, you mentioned. Well, I try to be be a physical example to someone so they, they can see me living and say, you know, I want a piece of that. What's what's Gary doing? I, I want to do that. Right. Let's say this person isn't surrounded by Gary's and maybe had faith, has lost faith, and is living in fear. Um, what can that person do? Well, you know, it's it's interesting. I I find that what we need to remember, and that's a really good question, Andrew. What we need to remember is that. God's always reaching out for the lost sheep, right? He's always looking for the lost sheep. One of the ways that he does it, that he gets our attention, the way he got my attention, because again, like I said, even though I wasn't physically lost, I was really lost. One of the ways he does it is by turning up the heat a little bit and allowing some problems into our lives. And then what happens is you start to get receptive. So I'm big on planting seeds. You know, if I know, and I know people in my life and people who are my Facebook friends, for example, I know some of them don't have faith, but they know I, I'm very, very uh, free about evangelizing on Facebook. I do it all the time. And it really hit me one time, actually two times, two guys I used to work with, two separate people, two different jobs. Both of them didn't go to church. I don't even know if they believed in God. Both of them separately messaged me, private messaged me and said, would you do me a favor? I'm struggling with some things. Would you pray for me? Hmm. And I was blown away. And it reminded me, you know, you got to plant those seeds wherever you can. Don't pe- beat people over the head. But sometimes when you're really struggling, all of a sudden you start to remember those seeds and you think like, all right, maybe it's time to give God a chance. So I hope that answered the question. But I, this does yeah. happen. People have to be ready. And until they're ready, they're not going to be receptive. They got to, And, and that, that depends on the Holy Spirit opening their hearts a little bit. I think it's also a reminder for all of us who are faithful to just pray for people who are struggling with their faith. Good point. Um, you know, the, point. The, the, the power of prayer. So, you know, I mentioned, okay, I don't have a Gary in my life to, to have an example to show me maybe a positive path, but me, Andrew, can certainly pray for everyone across the world who may be struggling with their faith. So they they do come across a Gary or an Andrew and Amber in their mm-hmm. life to, to, to lift them up. Um, Actually, I think it's I think it's Matthew Kelly who actually says we're basically walking billboards, right? So if we wow. yeah. if we're um, we have Christ in our life and we're and we and are exuding this kind of peace, then people will naturally, hopefully, be drawn to that, right? Because you're um, you're wearing it without necessarily you know saying or doing anything particular, but um, you know Christ when He rests in you, you hopefully are exuding that. Um, for other people. great, great point that, yeah. that gets back gets back to that example, Amber. Right? If you're if you're always grouchy if you're scared to death, if you're always fearful, right? And talking about people behind their back. And then you tell people, well, you know, you should really turn your life over to Jesus Christ. They're going to say, this guy's a hypocrite, (laughs) right? Why would I want to do that? So, or if he's not peaceful, why would I want to be a member of his church? Mm -hmm. So I I guess Gary, as as we kind of wrap up here, what's, what's your message, message for folks, especially during, during this time of the craziness of our world and, and, and what do you hope people can really chew on and learn from, uh, so they can worry less, stress less and live in the present and live better for Jesus Christ. Andrew, I'm going to give you three facts. And I think it all comes down to these three facts. Number one, God loves you. Number two, God is with you. Number three, 
God is bigger than your problems. And I think if we begin to realize that, that he loves me. So anything that's happening to me, even if I don't like it, is somehow an expression of his love. Number two, he's with me at all times. Wherever I go, he's there. When I wake up at three in the morning and I start to panic, he's with me. And, you know, no better example of that can be found than when we look at Jesus Christ. The, the name Emmanuel means God with us. He came to become one of us. So he's really with us. Number three, he's bigger than any problem we can ever face. Doesn't seem like it at times, but that's a fact. And maybe we need to just repeat that to ourselves uh, a few times. If you remember those three facts, then all of a sudden life becomes a lot more easy and, and, and peaceful. I shouldn't say easy, but you can become a lot more peaceful and you won't freak out. Some really great advice. Gary, where can people find, the, find your books? Andrew, the best place is to go right to my website, followingthetruth.com. I have links to uh, to Amazon from there. They can be found everywhere, but the best place to find all of my resources is followingthetruth.com. Excellent. And I will also say, um, follow you on Twitter. You did the um, Fear to Faith and a five-part series. It was digestible and really excellent, and I would uh, direct people to your Twitter page as well. That was excellent. Oh, thank you, Amber. Appreciate that. Gary's in Mac. Gary, thank you so much. Hopefully we can all start worrying less, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you begin to worry, give me a call. All right. We'll, we'll talk about it. Gary, we appreciate your time and expertise. All the best to you. And thanks for uh, helping advance our faith across the world. Oh, it's my pleasure. God bless both of you. Thank, thank you. you. This has been Dive Deep. If you would like more podcasts, head on over to our website, dio.org slash podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time here on Dive Deep.